Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here, being a proactive parent, and getting the resources that you need to get your child to their best level of recovery from their symptoms of autism and overall health. And I hope that everybody's staying in and safe uh, throughout this global issue we have with the, the COVID-19 going on. And I know it's it's kind of tough for everybody to, to have to, you know, worry about, you know, loved ones and have to stay in a lot with your child with autism. So I'm um, glad to be here for you offering resources. And, um, and I also wanted to make sure that you know that the Autism One conference is coming up and I will be a presenter at this year's conference. And so will our guest who is on the show today, Dr. Deshore is with us today. And um, you can get a, I can give you a link to get you a free ticket to the virtual conference. They're doing it virtually this year because of the COVID issue. Everybody can't meet at the conference in Chicago like usual. So uh, it's the whole thing is going to be virtual and you can get a free access ticket if you use my link naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash AO for Autism One. So if you use that link for a limited time, you'll get uh, to submit that for a free ticket to the entire event, which is four days of 102 specialist speakers in autism. So I'm very excited to be able to offer that to you from your own home. Because you can get these types of, of resources from home like, like we're here doing for you today. And as you know, my own son was once uh, diagnosed with autism and I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to find out what I could do for him. What were the causes and, and naturally be able to uh, recover his system so it could get healthy again on its own. But I didn't know about autism back then. And, um, and I researched and now 14 years later my son has fully recovered from his symptoms of autism and I share that with you in my free workshop to walk you through the steps so you understand what's necessary for autism recovery and the first is healing the gut and the second stage is natural safe heavy metal detoxification the third is clearing the co-infections like mold lime and strep and then stage four is brain support and repair and you can get my free workshop at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop no spaces just free workshop and that is available for you uh, to help you learn a little bit more and understand uh, the what's behind that and we're gonna we're gonna talk today a little bit more about those comorbid symptoms again Lyme mold strep and a few other things that go along with it but generally speaking um, a lot of people don't know about this and it is commonly missed in autism recovery and my guest today is Dr. Jody Deshore and if you've followed the show for a while which hopefully you have uh, you can go back and listen to some of the the pieces where we have gone into specifics on mold or another one specifically on Lyme or another one specifically on PANS or streptococcal infections. And um, I have linked to, to those two at um, the show notes for today will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 77. So you can go back and listen to those later if you haven't in the archives, they'll be available for you. Uh, let me give you a little background on jo Dr. Uh, Jody in case you're new to her. She is an internationally recognized pioneering clinician in the all-natural plant-based treatment of autism, Lyme disease, mold biotoxin illness, PANS and panda pandas, nutrigenomics and autoimmune illnesses. She works with children and adults in over 40 countries around the world. Dr. Deshore is board certified 
has a doctor of occupational therapy, neurology with a postdoctoral specialization in neurosensory. She is board certified as a holistic health practitioner and board certified in integrative pediatrics. Her past training abroad includes specialization in pediatric neurology and multiple naturopathic disciplines in Bombay, the UK, and USA. Dr. DeShore is currently pursuing her PhD and board certification in integrative medicine with a special interest in quantum physics. And Dr. DeShore is the founder of and director of BioNexus Health Clinic in Marlboro, New Jersey, a center dedicated to plant-based all-natural treatment methods. So, Dr. DeShore, thank you so much for being here with us again today. You're welcome, Karen. It's, it's a pleasure being here, as always. And we're going to talk today with a little bit of a twist on the co-infections. Uh, the topic today is stem cells and blood screening for co-infections. So, um, Dr. Charles, I'll go ahead and have you kind of explain that more. But what I'm looking at here is is we're probably going to be diving into how often some of these co-infections are missed. There are very special um, tests mm-hmm. that can be done for them, but even even Lyme is commonly missed in a lot of tests. I know for you, your own your own son, you had him tested. I think you said ten times when he was young, and they all came up negative until you later found what really needed to be look, you know, what you really had to look for in a blood test. So why don't you go ahead and give us some a little bit of background um, on what this this topic will be into today. Okay, sure, yes. I, I would like to just add something to to the introduction that you just uh, gave me. Thank you for that. Uh, my PhD has been completed last year. Uh, so that was um, last spring. Or, uh, last spring was when I completed my PhD. It is in integrative medicine. Uh, board certification is completed as well. Also board certified in, uh, in integrative pediatrics as well. So I think I might have forgotten to update you on that. Okay. Um, Before I yeah. have you on again, oh. we will get that. <laughs> okay. So you have your PhD okay. is you're no longer pursuing it. That's nice. You've got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. My, my thesis was in herbal medicine for autism and uh, that's, that, that was really interesting, you know, and like you mentioned, keeping quantum physics um, in mind as well. So now let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about stem cells. Now what, you know, um, I, I see what sparked my interest, obviously, as a uh, parent of a child who was um, in the past considered to be on the spectrum. Uh, one of the things that you look for is, you know, anything off-label, anything up-and-coming, so that is, that is what sparked my interest in stem cells. So I've been researching for 12 years, if not more. Um, and here's, you know, here are a few things that I found. I've, I've had several uh, lectures on stem cells um, worldwide, as well as uh, with Autism One as well. So if, if anyone is interested in um, viewing those as well on YouTube, that's fine. Now, you know, what do we know about stem cells. I have so many patients that come to me that stem cells, you know, after spending a fortune on stem cells, they don't see any benefit and they don't, or worse still, you know, things get worse. So we know right now that it's controversial and it's a very personal decision, often cost prohibitive, 
for most people. Uh, many different types, but none are FDA approved for autism so far. Uh, the main goal or hope of stem cell therapy is, uh, is triggering brain development. So there is angiogenesis and augmentation of perfusion in the brain. There is uh, neural stimulation, regeneration, uh, accumulated abnormal metabolite clearance, and restoration of neurotransmitter balance. So these, these are the, the goals of, uh, you know, that most parents hope for when they go for something like stem cell therapy. And brain development, neurotransmitter, all of these things are obviously very important in autism. And actually, last week's show I did on neurotransmitters, so I'll link to that in the show notes today, too. Uh, but uh, we are going to take a short break right here. So when we come back, we'll dive deeply into all of those subjects. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas i want to thank you so much for being here today and as i mentioned earlier today's show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 77 so you'll be able to find some links that uh, we'll have for you there uh, we are talking about stem cells and blood screening for co-infections with autism. And we have Dr. Jody DeShore here with us today. And we were talking a little bit about brain development and, and neurotransmitter balance and how stem cells are involved in so many things, and I know also in immune regulation. And so, um, Dr. DeShore, why don't we continue where we left off uh, with you know, a little bit more around what stem cells can do? Yes, of course. Let's first visit the uh, neurophysiological alterations that studies have shown um, exist in children, uh, in children um, on the spectrum. So what, what we see and what has been uh, studied is there is uh, neural hypoperfusion in the brain and uh, there is abnormal metabolite and or abnormal neurotransmitter accumulation in the brain. There is also the brain cells, you see less extensive um, dendritic branching. And you know, the, the, the more dendritic branching you have, it facilitates further learning, just, just to give a point of reference. Um, what also has been seen is immune deregulation. Immunological abnormalities have been detected both in the peripheral and the central nervous systems of children on the spectrum. Uh, there are altered inflammatory responses. There is sensory issues, hypo or hyper responsiveness. Um, there are specific areas in the brain, like for example, you know, uh, abnormalities, the activation 
abnormalities are seen uh, in one area, for example, would be amygdala, which is the center for social cognition, social behavior. And the other area is temporal lobe, which is involved with language comprehension, spatial recognition, social interaction. Um, what also has been seen is an increase in the total cerebral volume, both in the gray and white matter, mostly in the frontal, temporal, and parietal lobes. And um, as, as we, we proceed with today's show, we'll see that many of these changes have been further refined with uh, Dr. Shoemaker's recent studies. Not so recent, he's been around for a while now, but uh, Dr. Shoemaker's research has uh, helped us further understand uh, these changes. You know, uh, additionally, other researchers have found that um, cerebrospinal fluid samples uh, for uh, some autism patients that receive a lumbar puncture for whatever reason, you know, they uh, they display upregulated inflammatory cytokines. Uh, and the, the test used, I believe, was, was ELISA. Um, the astrocyte production, the astrocytes are uh, one of the cells in the brain, and the astrocyte production of these inflammatory cytokines uh, has been observed in, in not just one, but, but a, a few studies. And um, as you and I both know, uh, inflammatory cytokines obviously produce inflammation, and inflammation in the neurological area in the entire brain, it just cannot be underestimated. So uh, localized inflammation in the brain, pathological astrocyte activation, these both have been directly demonstrated in children on the spectrum. Now, what happens when there is activated astrocytes? Uh, this can contribute to further opening and compromise of the blood-brain barrier, as well as a secretion of various neurotoxic substances that can contribute to uh, brain damage as well. So as we can see, there is a, a, you know, a very complex pathology, neurophysiology going on, according to research studies we've had in brains of children with autism. And as you mentioned, uh, for, for the newer listeners, Dr. Shoemaker is uh, a doctor who was one of the first to really start researching the um, mold biotoxin issue and how much it can affect so many systems of the body. We call it a multi-system effect because our body can't dispel the toxins from mold when we're exposed to it in water damage, usually water damaged buildings. And often it can be in our own home and we're not even aware of it. And so what happens is do this genetic defect that about 29% of the population has that our body then we will create this large cascade of inflammation in our body and it to our body's trying to fight these toxins and the toxins can't get we can't get rid of them on our own so then we just end up with more and more inflammation and as dr deshore is mentioning how much it's affecting the brain and these different parts of the brain um that it's affecting uh and then the behaviors of course the social the language and then a lot of parents will say you know i've been i had my child on a 
gluten-free, casein-free diet or doing all these wonderful things for years and I'm really, uh, there's still there's still so many symptoms and it's usually due to these co-infections. They're either missed or they're not getting worked with properly. And so that's what we're talking about. And the blood-brain barrier is this protective mechanism that is, is supposed to be there to protect the brain from toxins and things getting, just being able to just go right into it. And um, the blood-brain barrier is getting broken down so that the brain is more exposed to these toxins and inflammation, and then it becomes just more neurotoxic and inflamed. And that's why your child has all of these behaviors that they have. They they can't sleep. Their speech is is disrupted, and they they maybe have gone even possibly nonverbal. They um, they're so uh, social interaction, ability to focus and concentrate. Um, there are so many things, and mood, irritability, and and even anger. I always tell people, your child is not an angry person. It's that their brain is so toxic and inflamed that it's causing them to behave this way. So when you remove these toxins and inflammation, your child can be who they are and without all of this stuff in the way. So I think, Dr. DeShore, it's, it's great that you're mentioning all these things about about the brain to help the parents listening, understanding how this is affecting their child and, and how they can kind of relate to that. We're actually yeah. going to take a really short you know, because oh, um, I, I would, yeah, no, I, I, we do need to take a short break right here. But when we come back, we'll dive right back into it. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us again. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we have Dr. Jody DeShore with us, and we're talking about stem cells and blood screening for the co infections of autism, which are things like mold biotoxins, Lyme's disease, and PANS or PANDAS or streptococcal infections. And these infections are, we can even be born with them. They're environmental infections that, environmental toxins that can get into us, um, even possibly in utero. So Dr. Deshore, why don't you kind of go into a little bit more about the infection aspect and how kids can get these? Yes, let's start with considering the impact of infections and environmental toxins. So um, many children end up getting in utero transmission. I know that's what happened with me as well. So they are born with Lyme disease. They have uh, in utero utero maternal uh, vertical transmission of Lyme disease, sometimes co-infections. A lot of research has been done mostly into uh, Lyme disease. So infection-associated immunological events, such as Lyme disease. Lyme disease, we know the bacteria are very intelligent. They are able to evade and suppress the immune system. There are full mechanisms that research shows us that the Lyme bacteria will use. So um, infection-associated immunological events in early fetal life can have adverse effects on things like cell proliferation, cell differentiation. Uh, Infections can predispose the developing brain and nervous system to undergo additional failures in uh, areas like cell migration, um, selection, and uh, synapse maturation, eventually leading to multiple uh, behavioral, uh, behavioral sensory language abnormalities as are seen in uh, children on the spectrum. Now, environmental, you know, um, many children in my practice I see are either uh, the product of uh, a moldy pregnancy, so to speak, meaning that the pregnancy occurred in a water-damaged building 
and they were born into a water damaged building. Uh, and you know, there is a lot of uh, misinformation or there is a, a, a lot of difficulty understanding exactly what constitutes uh, water damaged building. It could be something as uh, minor as having a front loading washer. You know, those are notorious, washing machine for your clothes. Uh, those are notorious for having mold. So something as simple as that, many people don't understand the genetics involved. Many people don't understand that, you know, how enormous the impact can be of a small leak uh, which which occurred months ago. And, and you know, uh, because if you are genetically susceptible, like you mentioned earlier, Karen, then these stay with you forever uh, because the body is not able to uh, detoxify the mold toxins. So brain developmental processes, again, similar to infection, like cell proliferation, migration, differentiation, synaptogenesis, myelination even, and apoptosis. These all occur at vulnerable periods during the development of the nervous system in the unborn baby. And these are all sensitive to environmental insults. And now we know uh, as studies have shown that all of these environmental insults can contribute to brain inflammation that is associated with autism. So that is something that I, I wanted to highlight. You know, um, many parents uh, uh, want to choose uh, the most expensive, the most advanced uh, technique methodology for helping their child uh, with autism and often there is a lot of groundwork. You know, you, you need to do some, some grassroots clearing up uh, and preparation before you can go for that. And honestly, Karen, I mean, nine, over 90% of my patients that come to me looking for prep work before they, they go for stem cells, oh, you know what, we know it's crazy expensive, but, but you know, uh, grandmother is sponsoring or, you know, we, we had... Um, a funding campaign and we, we managed to get money, but can you help us prep? Now, over 90%, the kind of remarkable progress that they see when all of these underlying issues are, are uh, addressed, that they don't even need. That's what happened with my son. They don't need uh, something as radical as, uh, as you know, stem cell therapy, but provided you're willing to put in that, that kind of work, you know, testing and uh, and treatments and whatnot. Right. That was the same case with my own son as well. We even had him in some therapies that weren't working because he would even say, Mom, I want to, but I can't. His brain could not focus back then, and he, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I thought, this is just hurting his self-esteem. So I pulled him out of a lot of those therapies, and parents usually gasp when I say this, but, you know, after we worked with his biology and after I figured it out, and same thing, you know, lay the foundation, get the system strong, get the toxins, inflammation out, do all of these things to, to, to calm the system down, get it back to health, he never needed to go back to therapies. And that's where, you know, as we're talking about today's subject, if we go into stem cells, 
like we never needed to do any of that. And thankfully we didn't jump because I see a lot of parents, they are, they're so worried about their kids and I get it. I mean, I, you and I are parents of those, those kids and we, we understand the, the need and the almost, you know, the sense of panic in, in a sense sometimes where you just want to do, what can I do today right now as fast as I can? But you've got to know that this is a, a slow and steady process, lay some foundation first and see then what, what can get what best results you can get for your child before you look at spending tens of thousands of dollars on certain treatments. So why don't we talk about some of these red flags we see with people jumping into stem cell therapy, they're flying out of the country all over the place. And, you know, they need to, of course, stabilize first. But what about when somebody wants to go abroad or something to to look at some of these therapies? What are you what are you finding the parents should be looking for to know whether or not that's a good choice? Yes, I mean obviously we are not going to name any centers, but yes, you know, um, uh, other than uh, the study going on at Duke University right here with Dr. Joanna, there are many uh, facilities abroad that are using medical tourism to attract U.S. clients uh, abroad. And, you know, many parents are choosing. Of course, it's an individual choice. It is, it is supposed to be uh, research shows with stem cells. They, they can be remarkable if used, if used correctly. There are so many methods. For us, you know, one red flag for me was um, one of the centers abroad, I, I had requested additional information after meeting personally, meeting with uh, with the director at a conference uh, and, you know, indicated an interest that I might want to bring in my own son. And I never heard back. I tried, uh, you know, a couple more times when when I ran into this uh, um, director again at, at a couple other international autism meetings. And I just never heard back. So that was a red flag. Whereas, you know, on the one hand, you have someone uh, encouraging me to refer my patients to that center when I say that I want to bring my own son. Because, uh, Karen, as you know, all of the herbs, uh, the entire Bionexus protocol that I've created, it was created for my son. So he's been on it. And, you know, I haven't used anything that I haven't used on my own child for my patient population. So I'm like, hey, you know, I want to go there. Nothing. Never heard back. So that was very strange. But then, you know, thankfully, we did not really need that at all, after all. So um, few of the red flags with the center itself is, of course, you need to look at hygiene. You need to look at environment. You need to look at the kind of products that are being used in the environment. Because um, if there is underlying, many parents know now to look for Lyme comorbid issues, co-infections, um, to look for mold biotoxins. So to make sure that the hotels and the facilities that they're choosing are up to the standard. Like, you know, um, I had one parent that had been allowed to take pictures inside an OR in uh, one of the facilities abroad doing stem cells. And um, we actually could see black mold, I still remember, in the top right corner, right on the walls of the OR. I mean, it was, it was right there. So it's, it's just, you know, and you had the child uh, in the OR where they were uh, uh, doing a bone marrow aspiration. Uh, so, you know, obviously it was an invasive procedure and there was 
very obviously black mold on the ceiling. So that is very scary. Right, because they're much more vulnerable too. I mean, not only they're already vulnerable, but then to be opened up and having this type of procedure, um, yeah, that's really scary, the hygiene. We're going to take a short break right here. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we have Dr. Jody Deshore with us, and we are talking about use, the use of stem cell therapy, but also blood screening if there are co-infections uh, if children with autism, especially, there are commonly co-infections of Lyme's disease, mold biotoxins, and streptococcal in- infections. And so, Dr. Deshore, why don't we look at some of the red flags that, that there are when a parent might be looking at going into uh, doing the stem cell therapy, what might they might need to be asked and what, what they need to know to ask the doctors and the people that they're going to be working with, why, uh, what, what will their children need to know? Or what will the parents need to know about for their children in this process? Yes, absolutely. Yes, we we spoke about you know looking for mold and uh, looking for um, any kind of environmental impact in that facility. Uh, I just wanted to mention you know um, I found that that many parents speak highly about uh, social media support groups for stem cells, um, and you know that might be a resource like many. Uh, not many. Some of these groups are very scientifically oriented as well. So that's kind of good. Okay. So look for um, a facility. You, you need to look for, um, you know, where the facility is located. If it has been dealing with floods, look at the city it's been, look at the rainfall, look at the hygiene maintained inside, um, understand what the procedure means. You know, often hard cell also means that putting uh, not too much importance on how uh, on how the procedure is done. Like one one thing would be you know autologous stem cells. There is it's quite invasive. I mean there is a, a bone marrow aspiration. Then there is an intrathecal injection of stem cells, which means you know directly into the cerebrospinal fluid, which of course you know circulates the brain. The brain and spinal cord are both your central nervous system. So education is important because we know that the blood brain barrier. Uh, is penetrated early if there is any kind of infection in um, in, uh, in children with ASD. Um, I have heard about you know uh, some facilities using uh, steroids, using antibiotics, using anti seizure uh, medications um, before, during, or after the procedure, which makes it very tricky to understand what really is going on uh, with the procedure with the child. Uh, we we understand that uh, pharmaceutical uh, medications that cross the blood-brain barrier can have effects on neurotransmitters, and uh, research also shows that there are uh, specific neurotransmitter imbalances in children that have PANS, right? Many children with ASD have PANS, so, you know, we, we are looking at neurotransmitters like dopamine and norepinephrine that are uh, already imbalanced in our children. Uh, And Cunningham, Dr. Madeline Cunningham's research and study, uh, along with the uh, Cunningham panel, uh, looks at various neurotransmitters that are involved in children with PANS, with or without ASD. So it becomes important to look at all of this. Now, um, I'm going to speak a little bit more about uh, Dr. Shoemaker's research and uh, steroids. I mean, it is unimaginable that you would consider, any facility would consider doing steroids for, um, you know, children on the spectrum because 
there's so much research about the immune system deregulation in children just with ASD. If, even if you're, you know, hypothetically thinking that there is no uh, uh, Lyme disease which suppresses the immune system already, steroids will suppress the immune system. And Dr. Shoemaker's research shows that steroids are absolutely critically unknown in a uh, child with chronic inflammatory response syndrome that has not yet been discovered. Dr. Shoemaker's research shows that unless it's a life or death situation, you cannot use steroids without serious detrimental effects in a child that is genetically susceptible to mold, in a person, anybody, adult even. So these are a few critical points that have to be understood just you know, from, from a common sense perspective. Now, if there is underlying Lyme and co-infections and you're going ahead and giving steroids, Lyme already suppresses the immune system. Then with steroids, you're suppressing the immune system even further and making the child vulnerable to additional um, opportunistic infections. Then if the child has Lyme and co-infections, you might see a big behavioral Skype, uh, spike when some of these facilities are using antibiotics because then you, you end up having a Herxheimer reaction. The child ends up having a Herxheimer reaction. So uh, there are uh, different points to consider for Lyme disease and for mold biotoxin illness. And once you read up and familiarize yourself a little bit, it just becomes more or less you know, common sense. I would definitely, and I've heard this from many parents as well, definitely stay away from the facilities that have a hard sell. You know, uh, if a facility is research oriented, if, if a facility is seeing good results, there is no need for, um, for crazy advertisement. You know, if, 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 if the facility is advertising, um, that, that's, I, I consider that a little bit strange. I don't know what, what you think, but, but you know, hard sell for something that is research-oriented, something that is off-label, not yet FDA-approved, that would ring alarm bells for me, and I hear, hear the same from um, many, of the, many of the parents that have come to me with either failed stem cells uh, treatments. Just the other day, I, I had a New York City parent you know, tell me that they uh, went in for two rounds of stem cells both uh, grandparents sponsored and with no results. In fact, the child got worse. And, you know, we are, we are running some testing for Lyme co-infections, for uh, mold biotoxins as well. And you mentioned, um, you know, anybody, of course, that has a hard sell, why are they hard selling it so much? I think it's important if, if anybody is telling you about something that you, they, they e- want to educate you, say, this is, this is what I have to offer, but here is the research and here, here's the, you know, here are mm-hmm. some studies we've done on, or here are some testimonials from people, or here's some, you know, getting more research behind that facility and what they have, and they should be willing to offer you a lot of a lot of information so that you can, again, get more educated. And you mentioned too, I see this with antibiotics a lot, you know, initially antibiotics are used for something and then the child will regress afterwards because it's killing off some of the good bacteria that's left in the gut and we've got to regrow that. And when we start regrowing it, the Herxheimer reaction Dr. DeShore talked about is what I refer to always as die-off because as these pathogenic organisms such as candida overgrowth, which happens from antibiotic use, those can 
cause a lot of problems of internal inflammation as well. And so you got to make sure that you're knowing how to support the system in that process. We're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we have Dr. Jody Deshore with us. And we're talking about stem cells and blood screening for the co-infections of autism, things like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then also when you're looking at going into stem cell uh, therapy for your child, what different red flags there are and why you may or may not choose to do that, um, especially some places and very various parts of the world that may have poor uh, hygiene. Um, they might be using things like steroids and antibiotics and and you need to know, well, why are they doing that? Instead of, of just hard selling you on something, you want to also be educated on everything that they're going to do with your child and why. I also will link in the show notes today. Um, I did interview Dr. Joy Kong, who is in the U.S., and she is a stem cell expert. And I interviewed her in the past on this show, and I will link to that so you can listen to uh, her as well to get even more information uh, in depth about the stem cells themselves. But um, Dr. Dishore, why don't we do a little summarizing um, and and just kind of uh, talk about any last thoughts that you might have around this? Yes, of course. Yes, uh, we we spoke about Lyme disease affecting the adaptive immunity. Let me just backtrack just a tiny bit. You know, innate immunity is factory installed. It's the immune system you're born with. Adaptive is the acquired immunity. Like when you get chickenpox once, you don't get it again. So your, your immune system has learned. Now we know that uh, Lyme disease, as we mentioned, you know, numerous research studies will affect your, <clears throat> your acquired immunity. And then we also talked about mold biotoxin illness is affecting your innate immunity. Now, innate immune system regulation is absolutely critical for neurological regeneration in ASD, in autism spectrum disorders. You know, so that is why for those parents out there that are not seeing uh, good results or, you know, barely seeing any gains or improvements after uh, stem cell therapy, that is something worth looking into, is to make sure that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, the, the co-infections as well as uh, mold biotoxin illness. Now, why is innate immune system regulation so critical? Um, many advances in this field, uh, as we mentioned, you know, Dr. Shoemaker's work is fairly recent, um, and recent advances show that the brain is very highly immunologically active organ with very complex immune responses and mostly based on innate immune responses. So these nonspecific responses of the innate immunity are necessary to build a strong adaptive acquired immune system once the child comes into this, uh, into this world. In fact, a good innate immunity or innate immune responses are necessary for good adaptive immune responses to be started, to be initiated. Um, so looking at what happened, you know, what I've seen is all of those resources, all of the effort, the medications, the steroids, the mold exposure, traveling to a foreign country, you know, that, that itself uh, is, is extremely hard on the entire family. And if that doesn't get utilized. The, the, the stem cells that are given to the child 
often get utilized to combat all of these issues. If there are infections, that, that's, what, um, that's what we see, you know, the, the stem cells will attempt to do. Uh, of course, there is no research into that, but that's, that's what we are seeing. You, you're not really seeing any kind of uh, cognitive or neurological gains like you would expect. Many parents see that, you know, the inflammatory markers come down, but they're like, okay, what, that's it? So then you have to understand that instead of going back for round two and three and four and thinking that it takes many rounds to achieve some gains, you need to look into what work can you do at home, how you can help the body, clean out the body, help the brain before you decide to go. And like I said, over 90% of the time, we don't even have to go back uh, or we don't have to go at all. You know, I mean, looking at all the things, right, summarizing the factors to consider before and after SCT or stem cell therapy is uh, tick-borne infections and SIRS or chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Um, Bartonella, which is a tick-borne infection, it induces neovascularization or new blood cells, arterial and venous occlusion uh, as well. There's upregulation of immune regulatory cytokines with mold exposure like TGF-beta-1. Then there is dysregulation of uh, blood flow and uh, blood vessel development called as angiogenesis with uh, factors like VGF, erythropoietin, VGF is uh, vasoactive, uh, uh, I'm sorry, vascular endothelial growth factor and erythropoietin. That goes off track. Then oxygen sensing transcription factor, that is off track. So, you know, uh, Immune inhibitory uh, cytokines like IL-10, TGF-beta, these are off track, and there is a potential risk of a further upregulation of TGF-beta. And there's a research study that show that uh, children undergoing stem cells, if they have not been treated for SIRS, so it can make matters worse. Um, so sometimes when you see that 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 your child is uh, is you know. Uh, additionally symptomatic after stem cell therapy, then you know what you have been missing. And there is you know, no need to panic, just revisit step-by-step, step, perhaps listen to the show again, and, and you know, think about what your next step should be. And that's what you said. I always tell parents it's important to look at your child's symptoms. If, if you see symptoms increase, um, if you're in a detox process, then that, that can be that they are detoxifying maybe a little bit too rapidly and they need more binders or you need to slow down on your process a little bit. So again, we're back to supporting the system even prior to doing any of this. But And as you mentioned, um, Bartonella, um, one of the things, the vascular things that you can look for, like the um, they're like like purple stretch marks around the, the back and the, the mm -hmm. pelvic and hip area. That's really common. Um, I even had a, a mom send me a picture recently recently. She's like, what is this on my son? And I'm like, he's got Bartonella. So there are things to look for and know why your child might also be behaving the way they are and why their health might be um, still failing when you've done some work. And it can be, again, because of these, these co-infections still uh, in the system. So um, it's really helpful to know this information. We need to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Please stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? 
After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and uh, i want to make sure that uh, that because the show is getting near the end here we have some important things about brain imaging that i want to talk to you about but i want to make sure you also know that the show notes for today's episode will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 77, just the number 77. And I will, again, be linking to uh, some of the other things that we've discussed. Also, make sure if you want a free ticket to the Autism One virtual conference, use my link. It's for a limited time that you can get that free ticket, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash AO for Autism One. And uh, Dr. Shore, uh, again, thank you so much for being here with us today. And we have one more thing that I think is really important to talk about when, especially with the co-infections, but there are some brain imaging things that people can do that um, don't have to be super expensive either. So um, why don't you go ahead and, and give us a little bit about that? Oh, yes, I will. Yes, of course. You know, one one thing that I um, I failed to specify uh, about earlier in, in the earlier segment was, you know, we don't really know uh, how these cells injected intravenously wind up in the brain. How do they target appropriate brain regions? What are they doing that could improve brain function? Um, and and I heard this from you know this was a wonderful a lecture that, that I read by Dr. Arnold Kriegstein. Kriegstein, uh, he's the director of the Stem Cell Center at UCAL in San Francisco. So that's kind of important because we don't really know. There's no way to, to control. You know, stem cells are often uh, hard cell. Uh, a lot of advertisement that, that talks about, oh, it's, you know, as, as a panacea for all kinds of neurological disorders, you know, from autism all the way to elderly people and stroke. That may very well be true, you know, as, as research unfolds. Um, all right, so now brain imaging. Uh, many centers, I know of one or two, but uh, they require parents to undergo very expensive, not parents, I mean the child, um, uh, that they require the parents to pay for very expensive brain imaging, uh, PET scans, spec scans, et cetera, that's paid out of pocket, uh, obviously if you're abroad. And uh, these are... Uh, required because they show you that there is hypoperfusion, there is reduced metabolism, etc. Uh, and then, you know, right after the, the stem cell infusion, you see these areas uh, appear different. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any long-term um, 
imaging scans that show that these are lasting changes. Usually it's like right after. I haven't seen, maybe they exist, I don't know. But that is extremely expensive. However, the actual brain imaging that, you know, uh, there are four research studies done by Dr. Shoemaker's team uh, on the brain MRI NeuroQuan. That is what is the real deal. That is what's required. It's more often than not covered by insurance. There is, uh, a, you know, a, a slight uh, copay, which is above the normal brain MRI copay. Uh, it is a, uh, the brain MRI NeuroQuant looks at the volumetric changes that are seen with uh, exposure to mold biotoxins as well as Lyme disease and co-infection. Now, you know, research, like I said, four research studies, I believe it was over 20,000 MRIs that, that were analyzed. And, and we all know that Dr. Shoemaker and his team is very particular about data and research. And, you know, these were all published in peer-reviewed journals. And it shows you the different areas in the brain that have been damaged, the extent of the damage that can be attributed to mold biotoxin illness, and uh, the one that can be attributed to Lyme and co-infection. So clearly, it gives you a very good picture of, uh, you know, are you dealing predominantly with uh, uh, mold biotoxin uh, issues, or are you dealing predominantly with Lyme-induced uh, brain damage. So which one is it? How do we approach? You know, and again, there are beautiful natural treatments available for all of these. And, um, you know, like I said, 90% of my patients who come to me with the intention that they don't even have to go for stem cell therapy. Yeah, it's important to know that that naturally the body can be recovered and uh, mm-hmm. and that you can save yourself a lot of money and time in the long run if you're doing it properly. And this is safe. Uh, we are out of time today, but thank you, Dr. Deshore, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And again, all the show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 77. Thank you for being here. Take care, stay safe, and we'll